Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears lose another game. They fall to three and six, but spirits are incredibly high around Bears fandom. How are you feeling about the game today? It's crazy. It's it's another loss, but you know, I'm just as excited now as I was last week. It's like Justin Fields in the offense is showing something. I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league, and your team is nothing until you have the quarterback. We're still not sure, but we're, we're we're pretty close. I mean, it's you know the national love around him is ridiculous. This after this last game, well, it's ridiculous because he set a regular season record, most uh, rushing yards by a quarterback. That is now number one in the record book for him. I mean, just like unbelievable. He's he's now he's now recorded something in the record book that no quarterback has before. So that's really cool. A lot of games have been played in the NFL, by the way. Yeah. Like, it's not nothing to just be like, hey, he now owns a single game record. But he's also like top 10 in the league and rushing at this point. Like, I mean, he is showing that he is a legitimate weapon in the run game. You're seeing some really good throws. I mean, this is, you know, we'll get into this in a bit here, but you know, he had three touchdown passes, right? It's not like he he wasn't doing anything through the air. And just overall, there's just an excitement level. You you're you're not going to like take a bathroom break when the bears are on offense anymore. Right. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're going to be glued to your seat. You're going to want to watch every single snap. And that is something pretty special, right? Like there was a little bit of a conversation on Twitter this week about, I think it was uh, our friend Ross Reed who mentioned like, who are the top five Chicago athletes that are must see TV. And in the last like 30 years, so basically like Jordan, but after Jordan, and I listed, you know, a couple Cubs and Devin Hester. And I was like, but I feel like Fields is getting to that level for me. He's and close. I think he's there now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was Jack Silverstein on Twitter said that Justin Fields scrambles are now to the point where it's like a Devin Hester return, whereas you see him break the pocket, you get up, you know, everything's exciting. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, what's he going to do now? And it's, you know, he just uh, he's so electric with the ball in his hands. And it's, it's funny because this is not this was not his game coming out of college. He was not an option guy. He was he was an in the pocket passer. He was sit back there, go through his progressions, make the read. It was a it was a complicated kind of offense he ran, you know. But you know, I said it on on my show. It's like when you're when you're that big and you're that strong and you're that fast, you have to take advantage of that. And and yeah, maybe it's not sustainable because you know you don't want to take in all these hits. But he seems pretty smart with the ball. I mean, he's he, he gets down when he has to. He gets out of bounds when he has to. You know, he really only, you know, puts the head down and tries to get extra yards when he when he needs to do it. So it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it, people say, well, he's not doing that thing where quarterbacks sit in the pocket. And, you know, yeah, but you watched that in the first few weeks. He was getting murdered back there. He was taking a ton of sacks. Like, why would you want him to try to force him into that when yeah. he could do this crazy thing that is just amazing and electric and something that we just haven't really seen before? And it's productive, right? I mean, this is three straight pretty good defenses that he's gone against. And the Bears are one of the top team scoring teams in the league the last three weeks. I mean, they're like second in the league in terms yeah. of points scored. When's the last time you can say that? Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm sure we'll get into more of the points here. I, I For my tweet of the week, I actually talking about the points. But, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, would you ever have thought the Bears have one of the best offenses in the NFL at this point? <laughs> I mean, if you say that statement, people think you're stupid. But then you look, well, I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're right there. I mean, yeah, we're, we're seeing rushing attack that we just haven't seen 
in a very long time either. So that that's really cool. And it's yeah. led, led by Justin Fields. But yeah. let's get into our categories. Let's start off this week with the Portillo's Trench Tribute. Again, Portillo's got, got us this year. $100 gift cards. Like I've, I've still got a bunch of them. You know, we're about halfway through the season. We, we still got more to give out. Drop us a line and an email to ndcitygridiron at uh, gmail.com. If that's, uh, if you'd like to just send an email, tweet at us underneath the tweet that we say, yeah. give us your Portillo's trench tribute. Don't just randomly tweet us. So we uh, have, it's much easier. Lester's losing track. track. Yeah, Lester's losing hard, track. So yeah. just try to keep it on that one tweet. You know, put a, put a comment on, on the YouTube uh, video if that's your thing. Put it on Facebook, wherever it is, wherever you get your bear and balance. Um, put in your Portillo's trench tribute and we will put you into the drawing. We got another happy winner um, last week. And so, and this is a, that was a Chicago guy. We got, we got an actual Chicago address. So that was, that was good to see as well. So um, you are starting off this week. Who do you have for your trench tribute? You know, I, I'm watching the game and and of course the defense gave up a ton of points. It's, it's, it's hard to stay with anyone on the defensive side. They had what? Uh, no sacks and just two quarterback hits. So obviously the defense has got some issues. So I'm, I'm of course I'm focusing on offense, you know, and uh, I'm looking at those at those five guys, and and I I got to go back to Tevin Jenkins. You know, I mean Tevin Jenkins has been he's to the point now where he's just consistently who he is. He's getting better each week. It seems he he understands. Uh, there was a play I was watching today, and it was uh, a lot of times those twists. You know, teams, the Bears haven't faced a lot of stunts this year for some reason. I haven't seen a lot of teams run it. The Dolphins did a couple, and it was at Jenkins, and Jenkins picked him up. Him and Mustford kind of hit a nice pass off. Uh, Tevin Jenkins was solid in the run game, solid in the pass game. I got to go with Tevin Jenkins. There were just uh, Brandon Thorne. Uh, he, he studies the O-line. He's a big O-line guru on Twitter. He tweeted out some nice plays from Jenkins earlier. I actually retweeted that. So if you can f- find that, it's, it's on my, my Twitter feed. He just finishes his blocks. You know, he still plays with aggressiveness. He, he's nasty. You know, that's what you want. And Brent, again, talking to Brandon Thorne, he, he, had a, he mentioned that the, the pass pro was rough overall, but Jenkins is a keeper. And, you know, it's uh, – man, he has that Pro Bowl – talent i mean he's he's a guy that he'll be here i mean hopefully he's bought in i mean i'm assuming he has now because just look at his play i mean he is just one of the better old linemen on the bears and if he's all bought in and he's the guy moving forward man that's it's good to have that spot locked up oh yeah i completely agree i if i was a defensive coordinator i would have done the same thing i would have tried to run stunts at him and mustafer because when I have watched that area of the pass pro, there is a little bit of inconsistency in terms yeah. of where they, you know, Jenkins doesn't necessarily keep the pocket integrity very well. And so if you can twist into that, you could open up some lanes. And so hopefully he's improving in that, in that uh, area. That's good to hear that you wanted to highlight him. I'm actually going to go with the other guard, Cody white here coming back first available game that he, he could play coming off of the, the short term IR and they activated him right away and they said, yep, he's good to go. We're getting him back into this game. And there, there was just a little bit more steadiness and calmness when he's in the, in the football game. I mean, I thought that there was, he's moving pockets, uh, you know, moving defenders off. He's keeping his pocket integrity. Um, he's a pro. He's a, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. He's been a very good player with the exception of like, again, last year, he really felt like he felt, fell off a little bit. I, I'm telling you, there had to be something weird something, there. There was yeah. something, you know, something either really not comfortable with, with uh, Mustafer. 
um, that, that made him be off on his, his blocks or he was fighting an injury because he's back to the Cody white hair that we expect. And I've just, I was just really, I felt more comfortable when he suited up and he was in the game. That there's just more than anything wanted to give him the tribute because it made me feel better. And that's that's what we're here for. Yeah. I mean, it's not, a knock, it's not a knock on Michael Schofield. He, he played pretty no, good. He, as a he filled in fine, but yeah. Cody Whitehair is a good yeah. player. Like he, yeah. he can be a really good guard. He is a good guard in this league. Uh, Schofield, you know, is a, I think he showed, Schofield showed that he can be um, a good backup guard for this team if, if they need him down the line. But this line's, the best combination of this line has Jenkins and Whitehair at the guard spots. Yes, for sure. And then the uh, the, the, the right tackle spot. I mean, I think it's Reef, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I, I I mean, I know that he had the penalty um, that wasn't yeah, at a bad time. That wasn't great, but uh, you know, right now, I think I would rather have the steadiness uh, of a veteran at this point. You know, you've you've got enough tape on Borum to make your make your call of whether or not you feel like you need to improve upon that position or you feel like you can count on him to take another step next year. But right now I think I would take the steady play of, of Riley reef as long I, as I would like, able. I would like to see this, this five stay here for a few weeks, let them kind of get used to each other. We talk about all the time, you know, the old line is a team within a team, you know, the fact that you got a, a couple new places, a, a new faces in there, you know, I think you want to let them kind of grow. I think, um, I think there's a chance that Bears may go back to Borum just because, you know, you, you never want to lose your job to injury. But I, I like you. I think Reef has been pretty steady there. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But I, I'd like to see them get that continuity together and yep. grow. So, Well, I mean, I know that you're now a big Sam Mustafer fan. Would you oh, – do you, you want this five or you want – Lucas Patrick to take his job. Well, back. we still got about what three more weeks before Patrick can be uh, activated, um, depending on the severity of that toe injury. It may be longer, but I mean, if if when when Patrick's ready, obviously he's the guy at center. I mean, okay. Sam I is. Uh, sure. Yeah, you know. I know. I know you're a Sam I am guy. I'm just. I just oh, want to make sure. Yourself. I'm going to get that rep now. I, I I did that quick little video where it was like, yeah, I was just shocked at the play he made. He was just so aggressive and angry last week on that play. I'm like, wow, I got to I got to throw that out there, and it was fun. Gotta so. love it. Gotta love it. All right, let's move on to the tweet of the week. Uh, who did you come up with? Will Dewitt. Uh, he, he's worked with C H G O. Uh, he's at W I eleven Dewitt. Hashtag Bears total point scored weeks one through six. 93 weeks seven through nine 94 and that goes back to what we're talking about the bears the last few weeks have one of the best offenses in the game today and it's just uh it's just a weird sentence to say out loud when i say it i'm thinking that's, that's not right but it's true you know 94 points you know the last uh the last three weeks by the chicago bears in their offense yeah i mean you get one game scoring you know a lot of points okay fine that's random you get two games in a row you say like, well, okay, back to back. That's interesting. You get three. It's a trend. Yeah. Like this is, this is something now that <laughs> teams are looking at like, Oh, this is a functional offense. What's happening here. Like this is uh this is something that has gotten the attention around the league. You do it three, three times in a row. People start to, they sit up in their chairs a little bit straighter and say, okay, what are they doing? Like we're, we're going to have to take this serious. And uh, Oh, by the way, who's next on the schedule? Oh, the Lions. The That's Detroit Lions, who brutal. up until this week couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. 
So uh, the good times may be rolling. Oh, let's look the week after that, the Falcons. The Falcons can't stop anybody either. So th- this this could be a real nice stretch here for Justin Fields to really you know, spread his wings and, and, and really go uh, fly here. So I'm really excited about that. That's a good stat um, that you pulled on the tweet of the week. I've got a couple. It's a two-parter. You had a double. I saw that. Well, it, and I think it makes sense. So Dan Lebitard show um, at Dan Lebitard show, he had uh, a, a video of the Chase Claypool uh, no call there at the end. And he says no flag and then cry laughing face emoji. Basically like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. Now Dan Lebitard, if you guys don't know, you probably do. But if you don't know who that is, he is a Miami based uh, reporter. He's got a ESPN show. He's pretty entertaining. Uh, for in terms of those national shows, I don't like a lot of them. But when I have watched Dan Lebetard's show, he's pretty good. Um, but he's a Miami guy, and here you go. Like uh, he's he's kind of laughing at this. Like what what is this? This is ridiculous. On the other side, Michael Wilbon, who I'm sure everybody knows, he's at Real Mike Wilbon. He says when NFL officiating is bad, it's really game changing, season altering bad. The mistake on the lake in Chicago today is shameful if the league has any. Um, I wanted I wanted to talk about officiating, and it felt like a good place to bring it up. I don't like at all to be the guy that talks about, well, this call was bad, right? Because over the course of a game, you're going to have calls on both sides that don't really work out. There are games, this happens, just matter of statistical sense, where you're going to have more bad calls go against you. This is what it is. Seems to always happen against Green Bay for Chicago. I get that. But there have been late games with bad calls that go against the Bears or no calls that should have helped the Bears. Washington game in the end zone, that third down play, defensive pass interference that wasn't called, that that changes the game. The Bears would have first and goal at the one. They... I would assume, would assume they would score that. They're going to sneak out a win in that game. They don't. Um, again, that was that was probably win number four. Here, Chase Claypool clearly interfered with. Everybody that's any ever watched a football game knows that that's, that's called defensive pass interference. For some reason, the officials decided to, to keep the flag in their pocket. And, you know, the Bears were robbed of, uh, you know, a first and 10 in field goal range with a chance to win the game late. And for... Uh, such a performance that Justin Fields had put on, it is really a shame that we didn't get to see the natural conclusion of that football game. And that's what it feels like we've been cheated with some of these bad calls is like these, these results should be uh, different. Like we should have an opportunity to see where these games go out. We don't necessarily care about wins and losses this year, but I still don't want a loss on the, on the record book when it looks like they could have won these games. They've had a lot of these games where they've been really close, where it's like a really weird thing at the end happens. Uh, but yeah, this one was just—it was horrible. I mean, he was—he was grabbed. I mean, he was grabbed around the waist. It was clearly there. The refs was like standing right there. The other guy came and got a piece of him too. Like, how do you miss something like that? I, I've always wondered why. Why are some of these plays not reviewable? It just doesn't make any sense to me that the that the that the coaches aren't able to throw the the, the red flag on this. Um, I thought there was some talk years back. They're thinking about doing it, and I think they just kind of decided not to. I think part of it is is because the refs don't know what it is, what pass interference is half the time. So what are you going to do? Give you know, throw the flag and have someone have, have, have some have, have someone up in a booth make a call where 
you know, the refs have proven they don't know, they don't know what it is. It's, but when you see it, that blatant, come on, someone has to step in. I, it just, you know, it's, it's not going to happen this year, obviously, but the competition committee has to, has to look at that. They have to say some of these plays, you know, especially when it's at that point of the game. I, was that un, under two minutes? I think it was. Very close. Yeah. It was down at, down at the last part of the game. I, I, you know, they talked about the sky judge or that was maybe like an XFL idea or whatever that was, but you know, you have an official there that can buzz down and stop like, Hey, you know, egregious yeah. error that felt like an egregious error. Right. I mean, the, honestly, the Eddie Jackson call that was called defensive pass interference <laughs> was terrible. Was not like he's yeah. running completely playing the football. He can't see what's behind him. He's running for the football. That is exactly what you want the defender to do that's how the league wants defenders to play they want to them to be looking for the football and not like looking to make a hit or whatever and it's an underthrown ball and waddle comes back into eddie jackson when that flag was thrown i my first instinct was oh they're going to call offensive pass interference i thought the same how thing, yeah. fun right yeah. and then i saw eddie start to like protest and i was like oh they're not going to call it they are going to call it on it. You've got to be kidding me, right? And it didn't end up hurting them because the Bears defense actually made a stop there at the end. But that is, that's two bad calls on the same type of call in one game. And like, again, the, this is, a, this is a, a team that is the underdog and they don't have the, the most talent on the field, right? The, the Dolphins are more talented of a squad. And they can't overcome that many obstacles. Like, just can we just see it as a level playing field? That's all I want. That's all I want. Coach, uh, uh, Coach Flus in his presser today talked about both those. He talked about yesterday too, and after the game, and you know, he thought both were bad calls. I mean, he said that they, you know, they of course each team, you know, they take their collection of plays, they send to the league office for review, and you know, he he talked about that. He said that the Eddie Jackson one he thought was wrong because the defender can play the ball which he did. He's allowed to look back and make a play on that. And then of course with the clay pull one, it was just like, you know, he was grabbed. It's like, how do you miss those two calls in that situation of the game? It's just makes you wonder. Yeah. Well, the bears, that's at least two victories. Let's not even talk about some of the other uh, plays that, you know, you can, you can get down there, but that those two seem pretty clear. Maybe they wouldn't have won, but they would have been put at least in a position to, to tie, extend the game. Um, you'd like to think they would win how good the Bears offense was playing at that point in the game. So anyway, let's move on. Again, how good the Bears offense was playing. Ah, so, it's a weird a thing to say. Thing I wanted I even like my my brain was like, Are you sure you want to say that? Um, did, did, did you hear in the game? I think it was uh the the guy who was doing the color, he made a comment that you know, um, you don't want to give the, the dolphins went for it on fourth down because they don't want to give the ball back to the Bears. It's like what? What yeah, what is this? What is happening here? Yeah, I mean, I've heard uh, they don't want to punt to Devin Hester. Yeah. Um, you know, don't, don't kick to Devin Hester. I've heard that a lot in my life, yeah. but, but not that. All right, let's, let's move on to the stats uh, caught up in a numbers game. What number did you come up with? Same as last week, 225. Um, and it's because, you know, the Chicago bears now they have rushed for, you know, they, they rushed for 252 against the Miami on Sunday. And that now they have joined the 76 Steelers, as the only teams in the Super Bowl era with at least 225 rushing yards in four consecutive games. I talked about it last week. They had a chance to do this. They did it. And uh, we talked about it at the top. Up next is the uh, one of the worst defenses in the game, the, the Detroit Lions. So there's a very good chance that the Bears will set the record 
with a fifth consecutive uh, week of 225. The Lions, they give up 148.8 per game. I think that's uh, fourth in the uh, in the league. Um, fourth, they give worst. Up fourth, fourth worst, but they give up five yards per carry. So there's a good chance that, you know, Fields, Herbert, Montgomery, maybe Clay, uh, Chase Claypool on a jet sweep or, or Cole Komet on a jet sweep, Sue, or something like that. They're going to rack up some yards, uh, and I think there's a good chance they set this record next week. I love it. I love it. Let's throw back football. Bears fans everywhere should be loving it, right? I mean, you got fullbacks in the oh, game. Man. You got tight ends running quarterback sneaks. Like, I mean, this is just beautiful, right? It's beautiful. Um, my number this week is 38, and we're going to play a little game. Oh, so 38 is uh, the number of games in Chicago Bears history where a ball carrier has had 150 yards or more rushing. So I had had our guy, Sam Householder, pull that number for me. And so Justin Fields is the 38th person or 38th game. There were 11 other Bears before uh, uh, before yesterday um for for that feat so 11 chicago bears ball carriers have had a 150 yard game or more so you're going to try to name as many as you can and you only get three strikes you know i was trying to look up uh who the last because fields had 170 i was trying to look up who was the last guy that had that many yards in, in chicago bears history and you know it's hard going game by game picking through i, I don't have the stat head i should have talked to jack silverstein he has that that stat head thing he would have told me uh, so, but I did find uh, Matt Forte. Okay. Matt Forte had two of those. He had a 205 about a decade or so ago. So okay. that was a big one. Um, so, okay. So you got Forte. Is there a David Montgomery in there? Oh, that's strike number one. Oh, David Montgomery has not gone for over He was close. Years. I did find him. Okay. So we're going to the history of the franchise. History of the franchise. So, so of course, talking uh, Walter Payton. Okay. So Walter Payton, gentleman uh, by the name of Walter Payton, you may have heard of him. You may have not. Um, it's your first time listening to a Chicago Bears podcast if you haven't heard Walter Payton's name. Of the 38 150-yard running performances, Walter Payton had 20. Wow. Unbelievable. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Just an unbelievable mark. He's, I mean, he's got so many amazing records, but yeah. 20 games where he rushed for hundred, at least 150 yards. That's, that's more than a season. Like, it's just, it's unreal. Walter Payton's amazing. So, all right, so you have knocked out 22 of the 37 games uh, so far, and you have one strike. Gail Sayers? Gail Sayers has three said okay. game. Uh, Rick Cesaris? Rick Cesaris has one. Oh, nice. You're doing well. Uh, Neil Anderson? Neil Anderson does not have any. Yeah. That is your second strike. Okay, this is getting, uh, this is getting close here. Um, can I get a hint here? How about the era? Sure. Um, first thousand yard rusher. Beady Feathers. Beady Feathers has one. Boom. Um, another another uh, hint is that you said Matt Forte. You went way too far back. There's someone who's had it more recently. Has there really? Is it going to be? Uh, all right, I'm going to throw this out there. Is it a Jordan Howard in here? Somewhere? Jordan Howard has two. Nice. Okay, but. There's been somebody more recent than Jordan Howard. Has there really been? Mm -hmm. Is it Khalil Herbert? Khalil Herbert this year. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Man. You okay. forget the close ones. Is that all of them? Did four. I get them all? No, there's four left. Oh, uh, man. So 
there's uh, a guy in the early 2000s. Uh, I don't want, I don't want to lead you too much because I'm now I'm, I'm curious where Anthony where Thomas, the A train Tom- train has three. Yeah. I know he was on there. Um, okay. You got a guy from the sixties, uh, a guy from the middle two thousands and another guy that would be a little earlier than that. Um, is, is the ultra back on there? No, that's yeah, your third strike. That's my third strike. All, All right, right, Raymond Harris. That's your third strike. So Willie Gallimore would be the guy from the sixties. Oh, of course, Gallimore. Um, yeah. So he had two, and then uh, Thomas Jones had one. Oh, how do I miss Thomas Jones? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then James Allen. James Allen is the one that you know what Jack would get it because Jack, he's Jack. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, most people aren't going to remember James Allen. But James Allen had a nice, uh, a nice little run with the Bears. He they didn't they didn't get one of the uh, the hail mary catches off the uh, for the yeah the, the Browns like, Brown game games right? yeah yep. yeah yep nice yeah a little like caught it uh, kind yep. of picked it up off the ground yeah yep absolutely so I thought that was a fun little little quiz for you thirty eight games in Bears history with a runner of one hundred and fifty yards or more Justin Fields is now part of that club very cool um, it's just a cool game. I wish it was a victory because that makes it even better, but very cool game for him to be part of that. We are going to take a break before the Fields report today as opposed to after it because we feel like it's going to roll into the hot bowl of porridge, but stick with us and we will talk more about Justin Fields. All right, Lester, let's talk about Justin Fields. So 17 of 28 for 123 yards passing. Not the biggest numbers yardage-wise for sure, but he had three touchdown passes, no interceptions. He was sacked twice for seven yards. There was kind of some talk about it. he was only sacked once, but people forget that he stepped out of bounds early, unfortunately, instead of dumping the ball off. So he was actually sacked twice for seven-yard loss. 15 carries for 178 and a touchdown. That is the uh, regular season record for a quarterback in terms of running the football. And uh, that includes a 61-yard touchdown run that was just simply a work of art. I just don't, I don't understand. It's going to be a highlight that's on his career package when Forever. all is said and done. That it's that good of a highlight. Did you see the uh, Emmanuel Acho breakdown of that play? I did. Where he, where he, he, he went to throw it to Mooney. Mooney had a, you know, he was doing a scramble drill, obviously, at that point. You know, Mooney wasn't sure what was going on. Mooney turned his back. Fields clutched it and then still had the speed and the athleticism to kind of just break away and just accelerate past all those Dolphin defenders. It was just a ridiculous run. And, you know, I mean, he, he's done that a few times this year, but that that was uh, that was phenomenal. That's the longest uh, quarterback touchdown run in Bears history right there, 61 yards. Oh, really? You know, there's not a ton of like super long touchdown runs in Bears history. It's kind of interesting. Like you'd think like Peyton had, oh, he probably had a 99-yard run or something. It's like, actually, he doesn't really have that. So um, it's kind of cool to see see that. Uh, and especially Bobby Douglas, he thought he, maybe he would have broke one. But what I one of the things that I noticed when I was re-watching the game was first series, you had, you, uh, they rolled the pocket. And yeah. then there was a play action fake. And then there was an RPO. And then they they ran a screen, and then they ran a goal ball, the one the one that was the defensive pass interference, all on the first drive, right? And it was like, yes, 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 like all, to all of this, like all of this is good. All of these things are good for Justin Fields, and he can really run this well. You're starting to see it all work together. 
that in addition to how well they've run the football in terms of traditionally handing the ball off to the running back and all the different things they're doing in the run game, which is really interesting. This is starting to look like a really fun offense. Like all of a sudden out of nowhere, kind of, but like they're doing all the things that we have wanted them to do and they're all working. And it's just really fun to watch at this point. You know, I prefer the play action from under center, but if you are going to do a play action shotgun, the way the Bears were doing it in the in the game against the Dolphins, they were kind of riding the 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 read option look. You know, it was clearly a play action pass because the way the the the, the O line was blocking. But he would ride the the mesh point with the running back a little bit, and then after he pulled it, then he did a little half roll to kind of get out of the pocket. So the Bears doing some really interesting stuff with Luke Getzey as the play caller. Some of the scheme stuff they did, I was excited by. You know, we saw the bootleg, you know, work this week. And, you know, the last few weeks, it was getting blown up. So it was nice to see that. Justin Fields, is uh, his play action, his actual, you know, deception with the ball has started to improve. You know, that they they compared him to uh, Aaron Rodgers on a video. It was the, the Tim Jenkins video today, tied to compared to Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that's what you want to see. Aaron Rodgers, is, as much as, you know, yeah, he's the Packer. He's really deceptive with the ball, you know, and that's a, one of those things, you know, uh, Peyton Manning was like that, you know, some of the, that's like one of those little things you don't think about, but all the greats have that, you know, and if, if you can get to that point where you're really deceptive, you know, the, the, the defense can't key on it, you know, you're really good at, at hiding with, when the, where the ball is, that just gives you that extra split second to get to, 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 to make the pass and, and make the play. Yeah, I think it's a lot like a pitcher that kind of hides the ball yeah. and they and that way the the batter can't pick up early in the early in the pitch sequence of of what kind of ball it is. There's a little bit of that in terms of the play action and the faking. And if you work at it and you and you commit yourself to it, you can gain that edge. Those those are those like 1%, 5% things that quarterbacks can do that really give you an opportunity to just like that, that one more play is going to work a game or that two, three more plays are going to work. That's the kind of stuff that you just love to see because it wasn't really there early on. And so you can tell that he's working at it. He's committed to it. And, you know, he's willing to turn his back to a, a, a defensive end that's, you know, bearing down on him. And he's willing to carry out that fake turnaround wide open for a touchdown to Cole Komet, right? Like, I mean, just, it was a, a some very good designs, but also you have to give Fields all the credit in the world yeah. for him to be willing to, willing and able to run all of these things, right? At this point in the, in the year, you know, we're halfway done with the year. And, you know, early on, I think he would have taken one or two elements of this being run well. And right now it feels like they're all coming together right now. It's all starting to click, you know. The offense is all starting to come together, and we haven't seen the big passing game yet. I think the most he's had is like like two eleven, two twelve. But you know, you kind of feel it coming. You know, especially with with Chase Claypool in now, and some of the big shot ability he has, and you know, he drew the the pi early. You know, then he drew the pi late that wasn't called. So you know, there's some chance to go downfield now, and you have a guy you trust to go up and get it in Claypool where in, in the past, you know, do you really want to throw that ball to Velas or do you want to throw it to, to uh, St. Brown? Do you really trust these guys? You know, Byron Pringle should be back soon. He's a guy that's, he's a professional receiver. Uh, he, he'll work good out of the slot. He can play some outside for you. It's another weapon. Now that you have, you add him to the mix, you know, so the, the, the big passing game's coming uh, for Justin Fields. And it's funny. I mean, he, he is nominated for the FedEx player, the uh, ground rush of the game, but he had a hundred, passer rating plus and he threw three touchdowns it's just uh that part of it gets left out a lot when everyone's like oh my god he, he was so good in, in in running the ball 
he was pretty accurate in throwing the ball too. I mean, he was going through his reads. He was being decisive with it. Yeah, he had a couple stinkers, but everyone does. He was a good, uh, good all-around game this last week. Yeah, I think there's going to be a game where a defensive coordinator says, we're not going to let you beat us on the ground, mm-hmm. which is weird because the whole NFL is like, we're not, we're not going to let you beat us over the top. Like that's, that's what this is this week, you know, this year it's like, no, we're not going to let you beat us over the top. You got to run or you got to like chunk this out. And the bears have been able to do that the last three weeks. It's all coming together. But I feel like there's, there's going to be a, a week where a defense coordinator is like, I know how to stop this. Yeah. I'm going to make him beat us deep. Like, you know, whatever we're going to, we're going to play cover one and we're going to, we're, we're going to make them Justin Fields beat us over the top. That's when you're going to see it. That's when you're going to see, you know, the 250, 300 yard game, because, you know, at this point I feel confident that he's going to un- see it, understand it and be able to take advantage of it. And with Claypool, hopefully ramping up quickly and with uh, Mooney being a, a deep threat himself, I think that they can take advantage of that. So I agree with you. I think that that's coming Let's roll this into the three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. You start us off, hot bowl of porridge. It's got to be Justin Fields. I mean, a record setter. You know, it's such a fantastic game. I'm so amazed at how the national narrative is slowly but surely changing. But then this week, they're all all over it. It's like completely flipped. You know, he's like, you know, he's talked about as one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the game today. It's like. This is a bear quarterback we're talking about. It's ridiculous to hear because it's like, we never heard this. But national narrative is flipped. They're all on Justin Fields. And you look, he's going to suck again at some point because he's going to yeah. have a stinker. It's coming. Right. So we'll kind of see how how it flips. Do they, do they they write it off to, oh, it's a bad game? Or they say, oh, this is, the, this is who he is all along. Because there are still a few out there that are holding on to these, these pre-draft takes they had on Justin Fields. And they're holding on. With with you know that they want him to fail, it almost seems like they're you know everything he does they nitpick and it's just like come on if you're not on board with him now, you're trying way too hard to be negative. There's the the I don't remember the guy's name and I apologize for this. But there's a there's a guy out there that draws like football cartoons. And, oh yeah, yeah, you know, pretty pretty popular, right? Yeah. And there was uh he did one of the quarterback class from last year. And this was that. last week and. And, you know, they're funny and there's, you know, everybody's struggling in some way, you know, that quarterback class. But Justin Fields wasn't an insult to Justin Fields. He held a sign that said, send help. Yeah. Right. And I I know it's subtle. I know it's just one guy's opinion. It's, It's a cartoonist and he's there to try to like pick out things and make fun of people. The other four guys were getting made fun of. Justin Fields was not. It just said, send help. Meaning... He's fine. He just doesn't have any help. And I just, I noticed that and I was like, that's interesting. Like, that's just, a, that's just a very small example of the narrative starting to shift a little bit. Like, hey, this guy's good. We let, we think this guy's going to be good. And it, it happened, you know, hey, started on a primetime game that, that we always talk about primetime games. People don't watch as much football <laughs> as you and me, yeah. right? Like, I don't know how many games a week I watch. It's, you know, probably an issue, but most people are going to watch. The, their team and they're probably going to watch the Sunday night game and the Mon- maybe the Monday night game or parts of it, whatever. When those, pr- those primetime games really influence what people think about players yeah. and Justin Fields coming out and coming as a heavy underdog and coming out and dominating them. Like did that put people on notice? And, and now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, that guy's pretty good. Right. And so it's, it's very fascinating to me how much that's flipped. 
I mean, of course he gets a hot bowl porridge, but I have to also give it to Cole Komet. Oh, Pre- look at you. Preseason nice. favorite of this show, Cole Komet, has his breakout game. Let's be honest. Five catches for 41 yards. Two of them went for touchdowns. Yes, a lot of that was scheme, but I don't care. He's on the he's on the receiving end of it. He converted them. You know, he he was able to 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 get skinny along the sidelines and, and convert that into a touchdown. Um, he, he also had two carries for for nine yards, including that little quarterback sneak thing for a first down. I mean, that the, the Travis Kelsey thing, cool. Like save Justin Fields from having to do quarterback sneak. Um, you know, put, put your tight end who you can drive his legs a little bit. I think it's a really smart play. I love it when the chiefs run it. Cause it just seems so smart to have Kelsey do that instead of Mahomes. That's how Mahomes got hurt one year, a couple of years yeah. ago. Um, he, you know, he sustained a, an injury because of a quarterback sneak. Why put your quarterback through that if you don't have to, or at least, you know, lessen the load if you can, um, again, good concepts, but Hey, he got open. This is a guy that Famously did not get in the end zone last year. Two touchdowns, two touchdowns yesterday. Cole Komet talked from House Halton and he talked about that that uh quarterback sneak he did. He said that it's uh he said now he understands when Justin Fields talks about how much how many hits he takes from the quarterback sneak because it's a it's a really physical, you know. I mean, he's hit from all directions. So he then he said that, you know, it's that's something that the Bears will probably do moving forward. He said it's the way they ran it was that really quick, a really quick hitter. You know, they kind of motioned him in, he took the snap. He said they do it and it kind of catches the defense off guard. He's able to get in there, you know, really, you know, drive for that first down. So I'm like you, I, I think it's a good play. Cole Komet's a, you know, what, six, six, five, you know, 260 something. I mean, he's a big dude, you know, let him take those, you know, plus, you know, I'm sure he said he, you know, he, he enjoys it. He played a little quarterback said in high school. So uh, let it get, let's get him in there. As long as you know how to take a snap, like that's the only, I mean, it's not like any tight end can run this, right? You have to at least know how to take a professional snap in a, you know, in a game that makes sense to me, but if he knows how to take a snap, yeah, keep doing it. And it's just, you know, this is one of those like Andy Reid wrinkles. It's really smart. It was born out of necessity because you're not going to put your, you know, billion dollar quarterback (laughs) in harm's way uh, if you don't have to. And it, it made a ton of sense. Other teams look at it. Some of them adopt it. I think it's really smart. It's a smart play. It's a smart play for football. I just like to see it. I like that the Bears adopted it. Uh, let's flip it around. Cold Bowl porridge. Who did you have? I'm going to go Equinemius St. Brown. You yeah. know, uh, one play after the Chase Claypool, you know, botched uh, PI, perfect out route to the sideline. Justin Fields delivers a strike, hit him right in the hands. It would have been a first down. But he dropped it. I'm, I'm sure he felt horrible after the game. I didn't catch his post game comments, but it's just a play you got to make, man. I mean, it's it's right there for you. The Bears were in this game. I yep. mean, if if that's completed or or the Claypool thing is called, they're right there. I mean, they're they're down three. They're driving. You know, who knows what could have happened? You know, the, the Bears gave up a punt block for a touchdown. You know, offense to offense. The Bears were in a shootout and hanging with one of the best offenses in the game, which is the Dolphins, obviously, with, you know, Hill, Waddle. You know, Tua's playing great. That run game is really good, though. The Bears were right there. Equinemius St. Brown with the horrible drop at the end there. Yeah, it, that's it's rough. I have come to actually kind of like Equinemius St. Brown. and I, I do like, like him. Kind yeah. of solid and and – you know, he's, he's not flashy, but you know, I've been kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of like this guy. That's a tough one. It was a gorgeous ball 
I mean, Beautiful. just just gorgeous. Like you know, Fields has kind of fallen away. There's it's a kind of an arm angle to it. You can see him in the in the replay, like kind of kind of walking off, like a like a K, like a K strut again. I, a lot of pitching references, but yeah. it's like a K strut. Like he knows it's a perfect ball. He's walking away, like yeah, and then it just goes right through the hands. And it's like ah, uh, would have been I think on the forty three. So there still would have been work to do, but they had time. Again, they yeah. had time. They were moving the football. It's a fresh set of downs. I really like their chances there. That's a rough one. Uh, for me, I'm actually, I you know, he's my guy, but Khalil Herbert. So he missed the block on the, the punt. That was on him. Um, and his guy went in and blocked the punt. That's the difference in the game. And, you know, we know that Khalil Herbert's hang up a little bit is that he doesn't do quite – he doesn't really – do pass pro all that well and so why he's on the punt protection team is actually a little bit beyond me but he sort of showed there that that's why he's not that great at pass pro kind of similar uh let that free runner through uh my guy trenton gill had no chance uh that was a a guy blocked the punt with his stomach that tells you that that was there was no that was a complete whiff and so herbert gets that for me he did not make up for it in the run game that's a little bit of game flow and you know coach is not calling his number enough uh which is unfortunate because you know again i don't know why that guy is only getting seven carries i thought we were at the point where we were distributing the carries evenly and we went back to the bigger split with david montgomery getting more carries so that that didn't make me very happy, but today I got to, I got to call out my guy, Khalil Herbert, cold bowl barge for him. That's fair. I mean, I, I thought about going that direction too. It was just a, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like the part of it is always the game flow, the script, how they, how they kind of just things work out there. You know, I'm not sure, you know, why he didn't get more reps. I mean, it was just something, maybe they're doing more inside stuff. They liked the, the, they liked, uh, maybe they like Montgomery's, ability to carry out some of those fakes better you know, that Justin Fields is running. I'm not sure, but, you know, Herbert has definitely seemed like he is deserving of more uh, more carries. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's second on the team in rushing. I, I don't know why he didn't get, get get more reps, but, you know, pass pro is part of it, but, you know, the Bears are pretty run heavy. So, you know, let's, let's get him in there. And I also lost my prop bet, which makes me upset. But I lost my prop bet on that, too. I put a little – Sorry about that. I thought that's that was okay. a lock. You know, 40 <laughs> yards for a guy that's averaging 6.2 a carry. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you got to get the carries, though. All right, yeah. just right. What do you have for that? I'm staying with the O-line. Um, I talked about earlier. Uh, veteran Riley Reef. you know, he, it wasn't a spectacular game. He is your backup tackle. You know, on this team, he probably should, you know, be a starter because Borum has had some issues in the run game. Um, you know, it, it wasn't the, the best of game from him, but I expect him to come in and be a professional. And that's what he was. He, yeah, you talked about the penalty he had, and you know, that's who he is at this point in his career. He's a 10 year vet. He's okay. He's a guy. He's solid. This is his one and only year in Chicago, probably. You know, let's, but let's, I think at this point, like, like I said, a professional football player, he, he did his job. He was fine. You've also crossed the 10% playing threshold. That means yeah. that he's going to make the money that he signed for. So, just play, play him. him. Yeah. Just play him. You're going to pay him the money. Just play him. I, 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 this might be a little weird. Chase Claypool, it's his first game. So I didn't expect like a ton of stats. He caught two passes for 13 yards on six targets. That's not productive. Like I, I understand that. He had a carry for four yards. It's the fact that they got him involved and yeah. the way that they tried to get him involved 
including two uh, downfield shots. One of them resulted in a big penalty for defensive pass interference. The other one should have. And that's what he's going to bring. He's either going to bring you some contested catches. Uh, he's going to bring you, I'm sure he's going to bring you some drops, but he's also going to bring you, um, you know, some, some flags. And, and that's what you want. That's offense. I don't care how you get it. I mean, honestly, if you, if you draw the flag or if you catch the ball, it's the same spot on the field, right? So great play by him to, to draw that interference on the first one. Great play by him to draw the interference on the second one. It just didn't actually draw the interference, unfortunately. It's what I expected Chase Claypool to do early, and I'm glad that they got him involved. Um, again, this will be a ramp up. There will be a time when he, I would assume, probably by after the bye week, he'll probably be fully immersed in this offense and, and playing um, as full of reps as possible. But for a first game, I like what I saw. I, I like this guy. I'm, I'm excited to see what Chase Claypool can do with Justin Fields. 6'5", like 238, 4'4", speed. I mean, he's got the total package, and, you know, he's he's going to he's gonna be a difference maker. I mean, for sure. I mean, they're going to ramp him up. Him, Nikhil Harry, they got some big body guys. You know, it's this actually leads me a little bit to – I had a second guy written down for just right. I wasn't sure how I was going to bring him in, but I, I had – the spirit of thing is a guy that performed how you thought he would perform, right? So that's just right. Valus Jones Jr. being inactive, it made sense to me. When you made the trade for Claypool, what are you going to do? You you can't carry all your receivers on the roster. At this point, Dante Pettis is a better route runner. He gets more reps than, than Jones does. Jones is more of a gadget guy. You know, what are you going to do? I know Bears Twitter was livid that they would – how dare they put the third round rookie inactive? What are you going to, who, who are you playing him over? He doesn't know the offense is as good as St. Brown. He's not going to take Mooney's reps. He, he's a, he's a gadget guy that gets a handful of reps a game with Claypool in the fold. Now he's got to get some handful of reps a game. He's not taking Dante Pettis's reps because Pettis is like I said, a better route runner, better receiver at this point in his career. He can also return punts. Jones lost his punt return job. What's going to happen when, Byron Pringle's activated in a couple weeks. Are they going to – Velas Jones may never see the field again the rest of the season unless there's an injury, you know? Well, and you have a guy that's a – he's a rookie, right? He missed some times with, with an injury. So, you know, he didn't have that full rep load that you would you would expect in, in camp. And, you know, you don't know if he's – maybe he's not picking up the playbook. You know, again, a rookie that missed time, and that's very common – to, yeah. to see something like that. So maybe that, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe they're you, like you said, you have a professional wide receiver in, in Pettis who's been all around the league for a long time. You know, it, again, that that's part of the game is understanding playbooks and being able to be reliable. Um, the, and then you just acquired Chase Claypool who are you clearly are going to play yeah. and he has to learn the playbook. So, you know, how many guys do you want out there that maybe aren't fully up to speed of where you want them to be? Coaches have to make a decision on who they can rely on. Um, and you know who, who they can kind of coach around. Right now, they're certainly going to try to coach around Chase Claypool and his his skill set first. You think you can cover it with the other guys? It, I agree. It kind of makes sense to me. Hard to hard to bring it into a category, but I'm glad that you yeah. mentioned it here because um, it is something that people got upset about. But you know, these guys are trying to win football games, and they're. I mean, we would love to see the development. We want to like evaluate them, but that's not really what they are doing they are trying to win football games and so he's not cut he's just was inactive and and maybe next week it makes more sense to play him and not somebody else that's fine too right like the, there's nothing wrong if they see an angle 
that they can use his skill set in that benefits the team more than others, then they'll use it. And I think that that's good coaching. I think at some point, Claypool's going to obviously pick up the offense more. He'll start getting to where he's probably the, the number two as far as reps with Mooney. Um, they, they like Nikhil Harry. I think at some point when you have your top three or four solidified, and then you have choose between you know Dante Pettis or Bayless Jones Jr. as the last receiver you're going to activate, maybe then you say, hey, let's bring Bayless Jones Jr. We'll put a couple uh, gadget plays for him because he is – pretty good with the ball in his hands, just a matter of him, you know, getting there, the jet sweeps, some end arounds could be there. Um, we'll see if he gets his, uh, his job back as, as a returner full time. You know, he was only doing it for the kick return last week. It was going to be Pettis, but I think at some point you will see him and regardless, he's a third round pick. You know, he, he is a, a physical player. I think he is a part of this team moving forward next year, but just this year as a rookie, it may not be in the cards. Yeah. Makes sense. All right, let's let's get out of here uh, with the podcast. I don't know, man. Um, it's just an interesting game to go back and, and watch because you know that they lose, <laughs> but they're so close and so many good things happening on offense. We didn't even talk really about the defense because the defense doesn't matter that much this year. We we understand that, you know, especially when you trade away, you know, three really good football players. Uh, you know, over the course of the last six months or whatever. Yeah, the defense isn't going to quite be up to speed. You know, the secondary clearly had <laughs> had some struggles against those two really good wide receivers. Really good wide receivers. Yeah, everybody else has two, right? So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll back into that. But I don't know. Um, interesting game. Ready to move on to the Lions. Very excited to see what, what Justin Fields can do against the Lions because – Lions are fun to beat up on. Let's be honest. Um, and they just took down the Packers. So go Lions. Uh, they, they got their win and uh, maybe they can not get another one for a while, uh, at least another week. And uh, we'll be, I don't know, uh, bears over beers going to happen this week. Um, I think I'm going to look at either commit or maybe just the running game of fields um, over the last couple of games. I think it might be kind of interesting to break that down. And 10 minute uh, drill and all that kind of stuff. I think a commit wouldn't be nice because the last time you guys did a commit episode, it was after a really bad game he had. So I would be interesting if, if it either you or EJ kind of look back and, and kind of saw because I mean in the passing game he was fine. He caught the balls that were there. Um, he made a couple nice runs. Uh, I'm interested to see how he uh I I'll on my next rewatch, I'll kind of go back and see how he blocked. But it'll be a fun one to commit if you guys can go that route. But We'll yeah, we'll see what EJ wants to do, but uh, yeah, I was thinking those two things. So maybe if uh, if he's going to do something different, I'll I'll go that direction. But uh, what do you have going on? Uh, I don't know, man. There's always something happening. Yeah, everything is going on. You know, there's always stuff at the site. Sack wash would be nice this week. Only really two. Um, and like you said, the one was out of bounds. So you know, I'm, I may I may try and throw another quick little video together to kind of throw out there to to the Sac City Gridiron guys, just because I, I may have a little extra time with just two sacks to actually write about. So that should be fun. So we'll see. There's always something going on. T information conversation, obviously with uh, with Mason West to be uh, Friday. He has his show coming up on on the podcast channel. So making monsters. Uh, Taylor and Dylan should be back this week. I'm not sure what they have lined up, but I know that pod should be back. So the podcast should be full again. I know Bill's got a, a special guest coming out for Bears banter. Adam Johns probably come out uh, tomorrow morning uh, or tomorrow afternoon. We're recording this on Monday. So Tuesday, look for that one. So it's a packed, uh, p- packed uh, podcast week for us. Yep. It's all good. Got some fun stuff coming up. I'm going to be seeing EJ in person here in the near future. Nice. Uh, so that's exciting. 
And uh, yeah, stick with us. We're, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep breaking down this season. We're gonna have fun. We'll stick around for the YouTube guys, uh, but for you guys listening to the podcast, thanks for joining us. And until next time, bear down. <laughs>